Hagman. Okay, now I, <laughs> I I called this literally about a half a dozen times. Wow, wow, something's weird. Okay, uh, yeah, like, I, I don't know what's going on. Huh? Okay, you sound good. So, huh. um, what's near and dear to your heart? Where would you like to start? Do you have a favorite topic? Um, well, okay, so this is going to air on Friday, right? Yes. All right. Um, I suppose, you know, I'm just trying to think. I, I don't want to date this necessarily. Um, I, I suppose, you know, Kavanaugh is going to, um, yeah, I don't think it'll be old news, but I think that there's going to be uh, news about uh, uh, more, if the Ford allegations fall apart, which they are. I think uh, another woman is going to come forward or something else is going to come forward. Um, I don't know whether you, you're you up on that. Um, I, I'm very up on it. Um, I do agree with you. There's going to be someone else that's paid to come forward. I totally agree. But, I mean, the larger – we could say we could use that to segue into the larger aspect of uh, the Democratic Socialist agenda – to delegitimize the president in any way, shape, or form, and then go go out, sprout out from there if you'd like. I mean, okay, that's fine. Matter. That's good. That's good. I think okay. that's a good approach. Okay. Okay. So right. uh, I'll mention it's a pre-record. That's okay. And um, all right. So let me get this set here, and I'm going to mark the time. We are at 1:36. So let's go at 1:45. Um, we'll go in three, two. One. Yes, this is Dave Hodges. Uh, you heard in the intro, and you heard also that we are the show that's freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time, and we're only too happy to oblige in that regard. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are at a crossroads, and uh, I feel more urgency in doing these shows and writing articles than ever before. Last night I was riding home in the car with my wife after dinner, and we were saying, how did things get so crazy? And they are indeed crazy. When we're Seeing that transgenderism is being taught to kindergartners, it doesn't get much more insane than that. Anyway, in just a moment, we're going to be joined by Doug Hagman of the Hagman and Hagman Report, and we're going to unpack a lot of stuff today. I spent a lot of time with Doug and Joe at uh, Branson, and boy, was that ever informative. But uh, we might touch on that just a bit. But first, I need to let you know that uh, airtime is never cheap, and... uh, these programs do take some preparation and they do take a little bit of expense so we've got to ask you to support our sponsors now what i've done is i've tried to bring in sponsors that fit needs that i think we're going to have in the near future i think we're going to see a discontinuity of services so food and water at the top of your list so let me just say this i represent mps the price is the best in the country the quality, in my opinion, from what I've tasted, it's restaurant quality. It's the best in the country. No glyphosates, no GMOs. How do you get yours? Simply go to preparewithdave.com. Now, if you've got six months to two years, you're probably okay. If you don't, you need to add to your existing level. Go to preparewithdave.com. Well, also, the second part of this, if you have food, you also need water because you can't eat. And you should not eat unless you've got water because that will hasten your demise. Well, we've got the Alexa Pure Pro, and what's driving me to sell this is this one fact. Two-thirds of you in America have chromium-6 in your water, according to the research studies. 218 million Americans drink chromium-6 on a regular basis, and that will give you cancer. Not to mention the lead, the pesticides, and all the other garbage that's in our water. 
Well, the Alexa Pure Pro can clean almost everything out. One filter cleans out 5,000 gallons. So it is a very cost-effective product. Find out more, go to waterwithdave.com. That's waterwithdave.com. Well, Doug Hagman is no stranger to our show. He's been on this show multiple times. And you're no stranger to the airwaves because he and his son, Joe, have one of the most popular shows in all of radio, reaching international audiences, and I hope changing minds. I see evidence of that. I got to tell you, when I went to the conference with uh, Doug and Joe, were hanging out in the lobby. People were flocking to the Hagmans because they so respect their ability to discover a story and convey it in a truthful and meaningful way. Doug Hagman, so glad you could be with us. Thanks for joining us. Wow, thank, thank you so much for that introduction. Uh, I appreciate being here uh, with you. I really do. You know, um, likewise, when I was, was talking with my wife, uh, we had some discussion about the times and about how things are, are playing out. And these are the times that, that you and I spoke of months, if not years ago, playing out right before us and people called us crazy back then and they said wow you're just you know it's all a bunch of fear porn and uh now look what's happening and look at the de-evolution of society and look at the uh attacks by the democratic socialists by the communists in this country and and that's where we're at right now and if you're not prepared you're not paying attention and if you're not paying attention then shame on you um well you wouldn't be listening to this program if you weren't paying attention so there you have it. So, um, thanks. But, but you know, thanks. I'll tell you what. We had a great time. Um, a lot of people. It's amazing to to to, to see out of a crowd of three thousand how many people <laughs> know uh, your program intimately, know our program intimately, and the camaraderie that we had there. So it's it's an eye opener. And it, it, the people there, by the way, did not do not represent the bubble, the Washington bubble, or the uh, elitist bubble. They represent true Americans and real America. And uh, that's what we, I think that's what we have to keep in mind, because it's uh, so, there's so many more of us than there are of them. And uh, I would that, agree, Doug. I, you know, I, I agree yeah. with what you're saying, but I do have a caveat that I would stick in there. We met the mainstream of Americana, People that love God, respect the Constitution, want basically an orderly society that follows our traditions and sticks to our culture. Uh, We met that, and those people were there. But there's a big difference between a lot of the people that were at this conference and a lot of people across America who share similar attributes. They're the great unwashed, so to speak, out there, and they are unaware of the threats that are posed. In fact, Doug, let me say it this way. I had a lady say this to me at the conference. She goes, you guys all seem to get along so well. Dave, every time I see you, you're talking to Steve Quayle. uh, You're you're talking to Sharon Gilbert, Doug Hagman. She goes, it's so good to see you guys get along. And I looked at her. I said, it's called the bunker mentality. And she said, what do you mean? I said, we know what's at stake if we lose. We're in this foxhole together. Our lives are at stake. We, we are very close as a group. We don't have that jealous infighting you see in the mainstream media. What we have is we know we're engaged in a fight for the survival of humanity. Exactly. And I'm glad you brought that up because that, uh, there, there's a big distinction there between us and, and them, I guess. And it's sadly, some of them 
have encroached uh, or try to try to encroach with with some of us and it, it's uh it, it doesn't make a happy uh situation at times now we've i, I think we've uh, been very uh very capable and adept at, at identifying those who are not not on the same page as we are or who are trying to take us down through covert uh subversive means and, and there are plenty of those people so yeah, I, but I think uh, yeah, I think that's, you made a very important distinction there, and I have to agree with you on that. Yep, I do. Yeah, and so the fundamental question is, how do we stop preaching to this wonderful choir? I mean, and I think what we do does good because people will take what we teach them, they'll give input to us that will adapt, and together we can go forth in the world like the twelve disciples did and spread the word. But there are so many out there that we're not reaching. Doug, how do we right. overcome that barrier? Well, it, it, you know, it's interesting you ask that question because uh, the, the way I see it is um, look at well, the, la- the last week how Twitter, for example, uh, banned or uh, put in a timeout, whatever they did to James Woods, just simply for uh, a previous tweet, uh, what it was a two months prior, that had the potential to affect the outcome of an election. It was simply a picture-type cartoon or a picture, a meme that uh, 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 I, I don't even know how to describe it, except to say it was, to me it was pretty innocuous. I've seen a lot worse uh, coming from others. Every time we get it, we, we get that upper hand in the social networking arena they silence us or they attempt to silence us or they effectively silence us through banning and through shadow banning and such. So you're, you're, the, the question is a valid question. How do we get to the uh, people? And I think that we have to, at this point, we are spending our own money. We're spending or using our own resources. We are, uh, uh, we're using everything. We have everything on the line as independent broadcasters. I know you do. We do. Uh, to get the word out there through the airwaves that we pay for, uh, that that are subsidized in part by our listeners, and, and thank you for that, by the way. Um, but we have to keep going. You know, we we can't stop, and we have to find different. If they put up a roadblock, we either have to smash through it, go over top of it, or go around it. Um, yeah, and, and that's what we're doing, I think. Um, Unless you have something that to add no, I, to that. I, I, listen, I'm asking a question that I feel I've almost run out of answers for. I mean, I've increased my broadcast schedule by one hour a week. Yep. And next year I'm going to even do more because I'm cutting back in other areas of my life. But right now I'm at maximum capacity. I mean, I write on the website every day. I have the YouTube channel. And, and now I've expanded the radio show a little bit. And we've jumped into the podcast business on megaphone.fm and I'll talk more about that next week but Doug I'm on overload right now I mean I'm getting three hours sleep a night with occasional naps here and there and I'm not complaining I'm not bragging I'm just saying I physically can't do any more than I'm doing and I don't feel like I'm doing enough do you ever have that feeling well every day since uh since I'm you're you're encroaching on my nap time now (laughs) um I'm kidding of course but uh well, not really. No, not really. And because you're exactly right. And I think we see this happening across the board with, with independent broadcasters. We're, getting, we're, we're, we're so all in. 
and we are doing everything we possibly can. And, and for that, again, we thank our supporters, and I know that you've got some uh, supporters. We've got supporters uh, independent of or in addition to the uh, the, the, the sponsors that, that pay some of the bills. If people understood how little that we get paid, uh, and again, this is not to this is not to cry poor, or this is not to say poor us, because we chose to do this. Um, it, it's uh, it's when you're maxed out like we are. Uh, I, I don't think people really understand, with the exception of those who have you know three jobs to make ends meet, uh, who are out there. Uh, throwing papers in the morning, waitressing in the afternoon, uh, or more, you know, after that, or, um, you know, working in a steel mill or, or working in a factory or whatever the case might be. They're maxed out, too. Uh, we're just max, maxed out differently. And the reason I think that's important is because you look at us versus the uh, slugs, the maggots, and, and maybe that's offensive to some. That stage and they have staged and are staging these anti-Kavanaugh coups or these anti-Kavanaugh disrupted disruptions for the hearings that we've seen over the past, well, since day one of the Kavanaugh hearings, and, and we see the Kavanaugh hearings devolving into now this circus-like atmosphere, where um, you, you follow the money. These are, by the way, these are not organic protests. And by the time this this goes to air, I do suspect that we will see additional attempts to bring down Kavanaugh once the Ford um, uh, testimony or the, the Ford claims, Christie Ford claims, uh, fall apart. And I think that they will. But you, the subset of people behind this, when you start looking at the disruptors, the uh, the few hundred people who are, you know, actually disrupting, and you start following the money backward, you start seeing organizations. Well, for example, uh, 200 people were arrested during the four days of hearings between September 4th and 7th inclusive, and they were organized by the Women's March and Center for Popular Democracy Action (CPDA), and those are both 501c4 tax-exempt status the social welfare organizations. Housing Works is another one, which holds a 501c3 status. And uh, you take a look at who's behind it, these or these demonstrations. The uh, CPDA, as I mentioned, the uh, Center for Popular Democracy Action. The images of a representative being photographed, uh, handing money to some participants and the disruptions. There was a uh, representative from CPDA, Jennifer Flynn Walker, who said on record the money, which was $50 to be exact at that at that one image, was meant to cover fines the participants were expected to incur for disrupting the hearings. So you look at all this, this is not um, organic, spontaneous, or even necessarily uh, ideologically driven at that level. At that level, it's a job to these people. Uh, now, the ideologically driven level comes at the higher level, the people that are stroking the checks and, and funding this operation. And that's what we're seeing with Kavanaugh, but more importantly, that's what we're seeing on a macro scale, on a, on a scale all across America. 
with the disruptions of uh, rallies or disruptions of, of, uh, of government, period, you see this ideological communist ideology that is um, that, that we could trace the roots to as, as a communist yeah. uh, influence. And, you know, so, I mean, that's the difference, by the way, uh, to, to go back to what I was saying earlier. And what you said, you've got this this element of, of Americans that are busy working every day of their lives, and they're not hearing the truth, they're not getting the truth. Um, they're relying on uh, uh, sound bites, sound bites because they're busy, and we're not reaching them necessarily, or they don't have time to be reached. And that's a problem. That's, that's a huge problem, because just because of the way everything plays out. So... But the bottom line here is, um, you know, I, I think collectively and individually, I think we're making a difference one mind at a time, as you like to point out. And maybe that's the way it's got to be. Maybe it's only, maybe it's that slow and that deliberate. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's something that I struggle with all of the time. To you know, what can we possibly do to to really excel? Aside from putting more hours into the programming, into the writing, into the education, what else can we possibly do? Um, um, I constantly try to reinvent myself, but yeah. I'm, I'm kind of up against it. I mean, I've got the new podcast venture, like I said. I'm at Max on YouTube where I'm doing 9 to 10 videos a day. I write at least one article a day, um, and I have the radio show. Um and then on top of that, I'm fortunate enough to be invited on some terrific shows like your your show, you know, and Joe's show. So guess what, boys and girls? I'm out of time because I still got to be my son's dad. I still got to be a husband to my wonderful wife. And so, you know, and, and some of that does suffer. And, and if you work in this business, it, it reminds me of when I coached in college, Doug, when I was a college basketball coach. You know, family does take a back seat certain times of the year. And this business kind of has the worst of that element, too. And I'm not whining because I resisted doing this work forever. And Annie DeRiso, who did my news, and I was only doing this part-time, Annie said, this is your calling, Dave. This is your calling. You need to stop coaching in college, taking too much of your time. This is your calling. And eventually I realized she was right. God has called me to do this. I think God could give me the tools to do a little bit better. But do you feel called to do this? For me, it was a calling. Yeah, it, it, I feel pulled, I, I suppose, or led to do this. Yeah, uh, I never set out to do do this at all. In fact, I look at what what, what we do, and I look at what I do, and I, and I think, you know, I'm really not that good at it. Uh, I don't know why um, God selected me, and I look at this from a, from a God point of view, not to um, uh, gratuitous, uh, gratuitously invoke His name, but I, I can't think of a, a, another reason why. Um, I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing here, but I, I certainly feel led to do this. Yes, I feel directed to do this, absolutely. Even though I don't have uh, the polish and the, and the, the well, the spit and polish as, as other people do. But maybe that's maybe that's it. Maybe it's maybe because... That's appeal. That, maybe that's our appeal, yeah. Doug, because yeah. we're just regular guys. I mean... I remember when I was offered my first radio show and I was campaigning against McCain because he was trying to steal my property with his banker friends. 
And this guy said, I want you to come on my radio station and have your own show. And I said, are you kidding me? I never even took a journalism class. And uh, so, you know what? God doesn't demand perfection when he calls you. He demands obedience. And that's it. That's, that's, what, that's, yep, what, that's, what right. I've, that's what I've really found. Although I think you and Joe do a pretty good job. I'm always envious when I see your productions and go, ooh, boy, that's good. we got to work <laughs> towards that. Um, I want to just share this with you, too, and get your reaction. And I want to say this by way of disclaimer. I have a background as a mental health therapist. I did my practicum when I was in graduate school at a battered women's shelter. So hear me clearly. I'm extremely sensitive to women's issues when it comes to force, rape, sexual assault, battery, beatings, torture. I've seen it all, and I'm abhorred by it. And it, it really hurt my soul when I was participating in that work in my training, but I felt it was some of the most important work I've ever done in my life. So I want people to hear that part of me very clearly. I think the hashtag MeToo movement that put away Weinstein and has gone after some other notables for their inappropriate behavior towards women is a great thing, and I've championed it on my website. But, Doug, I have to be honest with you. When I look at the body language of both the attorney for this accuser of Kavanaugh, and when I look at uh, the timings, uh, and keep in mind, I did not support Kavanaugh when he was nominated. I thought Trump could have done a lot better. I came out very strongly against the nomination. But I won't allow the left to fabricate BS designed to get their own political way. I mean, Doug, 36 years, and she never talked to the police. She never went to a therapist. She never confided in a friend that's coming forward to support her version now. Not one person, not one thing has come out as of the date of this broadcasting. And then she's a total leftist. Her lawyer is on George Soros' commission to block uh, Kavanaugh's appointment. I mean... How are we supposed to take this crap seriously, Doug? Yeah, yeah, and that's a great point. Yeah, yeah I don't think. Um, first of all, I think the accusations by this Ford woman uh, do a disservice to women everywhere. I yes. really do. Um, I obviously, when you look closely, in at least in my view. Now, again, I, I feel very. Look, I, I'm a I'm a father to daughters. I'm a husband to a to my wife and god forbid anyone should ever violate them or attempt to violate them i would be just you know trust me i would you you would not be you would not want to be around me um now having said that uh you look at the double standards by the left and you look at the uh, at the very little information, or the, the very little uh, substantiation to the facts of this of the allegations against Kavanaugh, look at the timing. And, and there was something that came out last weekend about this letter that Feinstein reportedly had. Well, it was written to not Feinstein, but to someone else. And the working theory at that at that time was um, the reason. Feinstein would not release the letter that she ultimately received without redactions or without uh, blocking out some information is because this letter was written to someone else that did not have the um, that ultimately would have circumvented the um, um, uh, this this particular uh, I don't want to say the the mandate that would require uh, um, oh my goodness it, it, 
it it it, it, it was done to circumvent some rules uh, that that would require Ford to testify or to swear under oath and such. So there was some hanky. I, I guess I'm I, I, without having to really go go back and explain it, and, and people can look at the, the the past news and see who this letter that Feinstein had was addressed to and what that means. But ultimately, there's a lot of hanky-panky going on here. And in, in the larger sense, the, the, the weaponization of accusations of, of assault, um, behavior, bad behavior against this man, and the taking away of due process, the, the fact that he's guilty in the court of public opinion without having any kind of um, due process granted to him is a tactic of the left. It's a tactic. It's an Alinsky tactic. And then you toss in the fact that, well, the, uh, the specific Judiciary Committee or the Judiciary Committee looking at, looking at this, uh, his nomination uh, is being asked to have the FBI investigate. Well, this is not an FBI jurisdiction. And, and oh, by the way, there's a difference between FBI background checks and FBI criminal investigations. Now, the uh, Brett Kavanaugh was was subjected to six different FBI background investigations. Now, that's much different than an FBI criminal investigation. I said that to say that the FBI has no jurisdiction here. Uh, the FBI does not. Uh, should not be called to investigate because the, there's there's no crime. Even if there was, uh, even there was any truth to the allegations against them, this does not fall within the venue of the FBI. The statute of limitations is, is far from. I mean, it's, it's beyond. Uh, it's it's far over, 35, 36 years in the, in the past. And uh, what it comes down to is this: this is a delay tactic used by the communist, those democratic socialists, to make sure that there is no nomination prior to the midterms. There's no, I should say, no confirmation prior to the midterms. Because what the Democratic Socialists in this country want is a vacant seat, and then, of course, take over the House, take over the Senate, which I don't believe in either case they will do. That's my personal belief. And then from there, uh, they will keep that, uh, or... uh, Conversely, keep that seat open for as long as they can, perhaps up to two years. But I think the bottom line here is is to uh, punish the right for the Merrick Garland case, and also to keep that uh, to keep the confirmation from taking place in order to uh, legislate from the Supreme Court, or to at least mitigate any Supreme Court decisions that would overturn things like Roe v. Wade, or to overturn uh, or to uh, uh, reinforce constitutional issues, including matters of the First and Second Amendment. And we're seeing both now coming to the forefront, especially with the laws or the events that we're seeing today. So that's the ultimate plan, and that's a bigger objective here that I see taking place. Well, I think you're right on the money with that, and I just uh, wrote myself a note here. Didn't you find it ironic that Feinstein was the kind of like the first mover in this whole Kavanaugh controversy. Feinstein, the Chinese spy. Feinstein, husband Richard Bloom, who sells distressed American farm property to the communist Chinese. And Feinstein, who came into the Senate as a millionaire and is now a billionaire. 
and she's supposed to have credibility with this issue? Oh, you know, you had brought you had brought up the Chinese before. <laughs> it's amazing too when you're over the target, the flack that you get, and I've seen you get a lot of flack with respect to uh, uh, your reporting on the Chinese. And, and yeah, I, I find it very interesting that Feinstein is, is despite her position uh, within the uh, within the government, in her position with the position that she plays. Yeah, I, I find it very interesting her Chinese connections and her Chinese spy connections. Uh, I don't think that's coincidental, Dave. And I think that you pointed, I think you've done well to point that out. And I, I see every time you mention it, you, you get a lot of flack for it. And uh, you're, so you must be getting, hitting pretty close to home on this. I'm getting uh, a lot of support, Doug, too. And I'll tell you, I, I kind of differentiate the trolls from the uh, people that really want the truth. If someone disagrees with me intellectually, I'll get something that sounds like this. Dear Dave, dear Dave, I follow your work a lot. I have to take exception with this one thing, and then they'll lay out their case. Very reasonably stated, and it provides the basis for meaningful dialogue. But when you have a troll, someone who's hired by DHS or by Soros, and their only job is to discourage you and get in your way, they just go straight for the jugular. Oh, Dave, you're a blankety-blank moron, and your mother is a blank, blank, blank. These are the kinds of things that you get when you're dealing with trolls and most of the criticism I've had in writing has been from trolls. It hasn't been meaningful. Dave, I disagree. Where did you get this? Can you document it? That goes with the territory and I welcome that. And in fact, actually Doug, I think the majority of people are starting to see it because as I started writing two Chinese articles about three weeks ago and I did it a Monday and a Tuesday I was overwhelmed with citizen response, private citizens saying, Dave, I see this. The Chinese will come into this restaurant, they'll work here for a week, and they're all gone the next week, and it's a whole new crew. And uh, the Chinese are broadcasting on these stations late at night in Central California, and they'll send me the proof of it. Uh, Uh So, Doug, I'm getting so much from the public that I don't really feel I'm taking a lot of heat. I'm taking a lot of heat from the trolls. Well, yeah, and, and the trolls seem to be. Um, I don't want to give them more due or, or more credit than they're due. I should say, uh, but the trolls do have a certain amplification uh, source, I suppose. Uh, you, you know, uh, yeah. I, you, you could use them as a barometer, I suppose, or, or use them as kind of a, a measurement how close you are to the target. So that said, yeah, absolutely. And I don't think they're changing too many hearts and minds. I think that they're just causing a lot of disruptive, uh, a lot of disruptions uh, to, for example, the, to our individual investigations. Uh, uh, they, they want to uh, throw things into our, our way to stop our investigations. Now, uh, sometimes it's, it's to our detriment that we allow that to happen. But yeah, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, and I think that the citizen investigative researchers out there who who assist us by doing just what you said are far more important than the than the uh, trolls that that, that I referenced. Um, yeah. So yeah, 
I, I totally agree. Well, we're talking with Doug Hagman from the Hagman and Hagman Report. And I just want to take a moment to tell you that the second part of our program is brought to you by Virtual Shield. And I'm telling you, folks, if the Hillary Clintons ever get complete control of the executive branch of the government, you will be prosecuted for your actions online. The Chinese social point system will be here. Google's here. They've done it in China. They're going to do it here. And you can erase your digital footprint. You may not be able to change the past, but going forward, you can erase that digital footprint and you can keep the hackers from getting into your computer. Go to hidewithdave.com and find out more. And they got a 50% off special uh, that's good for just a couple of more days, so you don't want to let the grass grow under your feet on this. Go to hidewithdave.com. We're also brought to you by my good friend's company, Ted Brewer and Health Masters. And let me just speak straight from the heart. Five years ago, I told Ted, hey, Ted, i got a partially torn meniscus. Man, it's bad. It's killing me. I'm going to have to have surgery. Ted says, wait a minute, Dave, let me send you some supplements. Let's do some other stuff first. No surgery. And then I had two ruptured discs in my back during that time, one severe, one moderate. And we did the same exact thing. And I got instant relief when I started using Ted's products. And then finally, my other knee has kind of gone south. This is the story of an aging athlete here. And uh, the body's falling apart. But again, I'm four for four in avoiding surgeries over a five-year period. Now, I can't promise you the same results, but I can tell you, Health Masters works. And it works for people who have good health that are just maintaining through supplements and vitamins or specific conditions like what I've had. I put my trust in Health Masters. I go there before I go to my doctor. You can go to healthmasters.com, and you can use the coupon code CSS5. That's CSS5 to take 5% off. We're speaking with Doug Hagman from the Hagman and Hagman Report. And, Doug, I'd like to change directions just for a minute. I wanted to get your reaction. Now, we're pre-recording this a few days before we actually air on Friday. But, Doug, I wanted to get your reaction to the release of the information of Trump's executive order to look into uh, social media censorship and violating antitrust laws and the open forum laws. And, Doug, I need you as a witness here. I told this story to somebody, and they did not believe me. Now, we're going to need to leave the names out of it. But you and I and Joe and one other person who we know well, and their name is not a secret to most people, uh, we contacted someone who is in Trump's inner circle, and they were going to meet with Trump two days after our conversation, and I laid out the whole case for antitrust violation an open forum violation by the social media giants. I just want you to say you witnessed that conversation. I did. I did. 100%. You wouldn't believe the number and, of people that won't believe me when I tell them this. You know, it, it took it, it almost took my breath away. Um, I don't know how else to describe it without, without getting into detail. I'll just say this. That to hear what I heard, to witness what I witnessed, uh, that close to the administration, um, I, I don't want to say more than I, than I should. I'll just say that, you know, it, it was it, if if I was talking to my wife and saying, you know what, I'm going to go pick up a quart of milk on my way home uh, from the studio. It was that kind of conversation where, oh, by the way, uh, I'll be meeting with. I, I'm not even sure I can say. I'll be meeting with President uh, the, the President here in the next day or two, and uh, what, you know, what do you think we should? Uh, what do you think is the major focus of, or major points we should focus upon with respect to this? 
it, it was kind of like that. And if, by the way, if, if I violate anything, you can edit that you out. Did, no, you, I, did, I don't... you didn't violate anything. I'm, I'm going to keep uh, <laughs> the participant who met with Trump and the person who put us in contact with the participant. We're going to keep their names out of it out of respect because we don't right. want to burn sources and we don't want information to dry up. But it's amazing to me. I tell people this story in all honesty. Now, I'm not claiming credit for the fact that Trump has now come out and says he's ready to do something and he's going to order the DOJ to investigate. But I think I was probably one of several people who has had his ear through his sources. And I think in some small fashion, I'm part of a collective effort that has moved the president to action. Yeah, and when you see the same, relatively the same phrases that were used in that conversation being quoted in the media uh, it makes you wonder, okay, uh, or it makes you uh, appreciate the fact that there, that, that I believe this administration is listening to the people who are out there every day, like you and I, and we're trying to get through, and we're being blocked and censored, as opposed to the people who are that, that don't have a voice. So uh, the way I look at it, the way I look at this, and, and I don't know if I come across very well in stating this is we represent the voice of the people who listen to us and who send us the emails and to say that we're concerned about this or this or this. And, and when we have that ability to get it directly into the uh, hands of the president or the president's uh, staff, then it's our duty to do so. So uh, we're, we're more than people behind a microphone uh, or a camera and microphone. We are people who are listening to the people who listen to us and then taking that information, taking their concerns, and putting it on the plate of those people who can change the laws. And that, to me, uh, is is one of the best things I've ever been able to... I mean, it just blows my mind to be able to do that. And, uh, uh, and I'm seeing that now, and I'm seeing that take place. And, and you know, I was in Washington two weeks I guess it was two and a half weeks ago now. I don't know. It's just uh, it was a week before Branson or whatever it was. And, and, I, and I got to meet face-to-face people like uh, people like Kellyanne Conway. And I'm not going to mention any other names uh, who are saying, okay, what are your concerns or what are you hearing as concerns by the people who listen to you, by the Christians and by the conservatives? Because we want to help. And so I see this taking place right now. But the blowback, the pushback by the, uh, the the swamp rot is incredibly is is incredible. I believe so. They're getting they meaning the administration. Uh, this legitimate administration is being the blowback against this administration is beyond anything I've ever seen, and we're seeing that with the with the uh, uh, Mueller investigations and this declassification stuff, which you know, I just want to touch on. There's a reason why the intelligence communities, and especially the foreign intelligence communities, including Great Britain, they don't want this declassification, declassification done. Well, why is that? Why would they care? Well, they care because that would expose not their sources and methods, but expose this globalist ideology that they're pushing to take down our country and, and to make things into this uh, 
uh, they want to make this into a communist utopia, this, this one world order, if you will, or whatever you want to call it, but this communist utopia ultimately. That would expose their uh, machinations as opposed to any sources and methods of compromise that could possibly take place here legitimately. So what we're seeing on a global level is is much greater than I ever thought it ever could be. So this attempted takedown of Donald Trump is, is front and center, and really it's more about the takedown of, of the American citizen outside of the urban bubble areas like Washington, D.C., and New York, and, and, and that mindset. So it's uh, urban America, it's rural America, it's real America that is in the crosshairs of these globalists, not just Donald Trump, not just uh, uh, that mechanism, but uh, but all of us. And I hope that made sense to people. because But we've got that, God bless, and thank God we've got that ability to have some, um, oh, what would you call it, some influence in that, some even the tiniest bit of of push or uh, of input into what we're seeing take place today. Well, it is interesting. I have spoken with a few lawyers, and uh, one of them does work for me. And we've talked about the censorship against the independent media, and they were all concerned. They said, Dave, this is the only voice of truth that's out there. I mean, you're not getting this from the mainstream media, and Fox is only willing to go so far. And what what I learned from them was the right phraseology to say when you talk about right. open forum laws. I mean, I, I didn't know this. I'm not an attorney. But wasn't it interesting when Trump came out with his declaration, his executive order, it paralleled a lot of the conversation I had with that individual that would have talked yeah. to Trump in two days. And I thought, wow. So there are a lot of people out there that are telling the president the same thing that we told his contact. And I think he realizes, oh, my gosh, if I'm going to win in 2020, I, I got to defend my core base. Yeah. And, and who, you know, I, I look, I really believe that the new media uh, was responsible for his Donald Trump's uh election win um i don't want to take too much credit for that but i, I being part of the new media i think that we that, that he's looking back and saying okay i was able to prevail the first time now you know I, what do we need to do now to keep that momentum going and to prevail again in the midterms as well as looking forward to 2020 so yeah exactly well, if you judge the resistance that you get in terms of equating it to your effectiveness, I'm sure you have a lot of stories. I think you were one of 200 websites, as I was, labeled as Russian subversives by the Washington Post. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you were one of those. And I don't know if I've ever told you this story. If I have, forgive me, but I think the audience should hear this. I got a phone call from a guy from the New York Times about a week to 10 days before the election in 2016. And we went through all the issues, and then at the end of the day, he saved the bombshell. He said, so are you going to continue to advocate for violence if Trump loses? That's like saying, have you stopped beating your wife? And and I said to him, I said, sir, do you realize that you're talking to me on my Skype and this whole thing is recorded? And he was, yeah. what, you recorded this without telling me? I said, you called me on Skype. 
I said, it automatically records every time I talk to you on Skype. And he was really taken back. He never ran the interview, yet he spent 40 minutes talking to me. He was trying to entrap me by saying the wrong thing so he could discredit the movement. See, Trump followers are all a bunch of thugs. And that told me how effective we were being that they had reached out to someone like me. Well, you know what, Dave? I think every one of us that of, of any uh, of any magnitude having any kind of uh, and I want to be careful here. I, I don't want to sound um, I, I want to I want to sound humble because I, I'm very humble. But I, if we have any kind of uh, sway within the media within the within the population. We are always going to get people pushed into our organizations, whether it, it, it regardless of how it's done. But we are also we're, we're going to suffer people that come into our groups, our organizations, or even our employment that are not who they say they are, um, or are in there for the wrong reasons. The, the right words come out, but the, uh, you know, the, the, the vetting process, for example, doesn't catch the, uh, the deeper, darker, the more nefarious purposes. So we are, we are being victimized from within, just like our country is being victimized from within. Again, it's a microcosm of the larger picture. Uh, and and the, the reason I said that is because, yeah, things like that happen where, you are you've always got to be on guard everyone and by the way that that goes to our listeners too you've got to be on guard everything you say uh, you just you've got to be careful who you speak to and what you say and how you say it because they will take I me mean, they the opponents of freedom and, and our constitutional republic will take what you say and to make it sound as if you are advocating some sort of revolution or some sort of uh, bad thing when in fact you were just saying no let's get back to the constitution you know like what happened to you and it happens to all of us and it's happening more and more to the average citizen out there and and to me that's that's very disconcerting and I think we have to be very careful with with all of that I, I hopefully that that warning was subtle enough to uh, um, well, hopefully that warning was was adequate, uh, both as subtle as well as as you know. I don't know. Well, I, you, you it, know it was, Doug. Let me say this, and I'm sure you and Joe go through this, although I don't think we've ever discussed this. I've had a number of people through the last few years who've approached me with fake stories, and I they smelled like they were fake, and they were trying to yeah. get me to commit to something that would discredit me. And I'm sure you've gone through it too. Oh yeah, yeah, and, and you know what's hideous about it is it'll they'll always have an element of truth to it, and um, it sounds good, and, and here you can run with it, and you, you've got an exclusive, and of course they'll appeal to your uh, uh, to, to whatever it might be, whether they'll appeal to your ego, they'll they'll appeal to your sense of uh, uh, your own sense of self worth worth, which to me. It should be a big red flag because no, you know, it's it's not about us. Uh, so yeah, it's so we've got to be very careful, especially today, with with not just what we say and how we say it, but with the um, the the content, and we have to be responsible, and we have to make sure that what we say is, and what we bring to the people is vetted very carefully, 
and it's not something that uh, is, is bogus, or it's not some t- type of actual fear porn. It's 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 legitimate, and it's been checked out. And, and I know that you go above and beyond everything that I've seen, and, and I watched you last weekend. I mean, <laughs> in real time, getting information, and, and, and just you know, really, just. Um, <laughs> Uh, working very, very diligently to make sure that every every I is dotted and T is crossed. So that's where we're at today because the enemies are many and our allies are few when it comes to this business. Um, but the allies that we do have are very, very good, I'll, I'll say that. So I don't know if that made sense. No, it makes perfect sense, and I do completely concur with what you're saying. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, um, I'm going to get a drink here. Um, when we take a look at fake information, it's everywhere. Yep. It's everywhere. Yep. And I'm amazed. I'll give you one, and no disrespect to anybody, but I watched John McCain deteriorate over a period of time. I saw his physical image. I saw him deteriorate. Yet I keep getting notices that he was executed for treason, and that's how he really died. And I'm uh-huh. thinking, please, please, please. Not even close to being believable. And I think that story is a plant from the left designed to see who will take the bait and discredit themselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, that is like one of the, <clears throat> uh, Yeah. And that's happening more and more because the, the left that's running the media organizations, I mean, look at CNN and, and MSNBC and, and some of these organizations out there who are, well, CNN in particular, my goodness, uh, they are destructing or imploding upon themselves. Uh, they're running fake news stories. The New York Times is running fake news stories. Uh, they don't even bother to uh, retract anything or to correct anything, and, and they're just out there. Uh, so they want to destroy their competition. They view us as their competition, interestingly enough. And, and of course, they're looking to um, if 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 they can if, if we can't destroy ourselves, then they're going to insert people or events or things to help us along. And I see that taking place, and, and we've got to be really mindful about that. And and that I would warn those people, citizen journalists out there with their own channels, to be very wary about that because man, they'll come after you. And and once you make that mistake, once you cross that line, man. It's 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 difficult to come back from. You it's you can't. It's very difficult because you're not the New York Times. You're not CNN where you can bury it on, you know, uh, elsewhere. So, but yeah, boy, I, I'll tell you what. It's an interesting conversation. This whole this whole mess that we're in right now. But to me, the bottom line, the bigger fight is watching our president be assailed so drastically and so so uh, hard. And yet he's able to prevail as he has so far, and he's making a difference. Look at the economy. You know, look look at the look at the positive upward changes. You'll never hear this in the media: the, the economy being up, the black employment being up, the uh, GDP being up, the you know all of this being on the rise. I mean, better than Reagan. My goodness, better than Reagan. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's uh, so. So they've got to take him down because they want people to believe 
that not capitalism but socialism is, is the answer to things. And, um, and and by the way, speaking of that, anytime they, they argue against capitalism, they're arguing against crony capitalism, which I agree that crony capitalism is bad. Um, but uh, uh, it's it's worth the fight of our lives. So, Doug, let me ask you where you stand on the subject of assassination for Trump. Are you as concerned as I am? Oh, oh yeah, even more. Yeah, I am. Um, you, you know, Dr. Dave Janda had had said uh, openly on our program, and I, I think openly on various other his own program, and, and he's a respected, <laughs> excuse me, he's a respected guy. Uh, that President Trump, there were 12 separate assassination attempts on Donald Trump's life. And at first when I heard that, I thought, man, that's that's a little bit out there. And I started looking into it. And uh, uh, if you count certain incidents that are of you know questionable, yeah, I, I can see where you've got a dozen attempts. But, yes, I'm very concerned, to answer your question, I'm very concerned about um, his future because if they cannot destroy him politically, which it doesn't seem that they're able to do, uh, even with the weight of the intelligence agencies upon him. Uh, if they can't, if they can't destroy him politically, and they can't destroy him um, otherwise, what's left? And I'm very concerned about his physical well-being. And frankly, I think the only reason that he's lasted this long is by the prayers of the people, the prayers of, of American citizens who have been praying over, uh, praying a hedge of protection over the president. And I think that makes a huge difference. And that, that's me as a Christian speaking. And believe me, I'm not, I'm not a perfect Christian, far from it. Uh, but I can tell you this, I do believe in the divinity of, uh, I, I do believe in God using people. And I think that God is using Donald Trump to change uh, or at least being a being a respite for our nation, and giving us a chance to turn this nation around, and I think that's what we're seeing. And I think that uh, it's only working because God is allowing it to work. Now, the moment we squander that opportunity, it could be taken away from us. And uh, the moment we stop praying, the moment we stop living the way we live, and um, it could very well be taken away from us. So, am I worried? Oh, absolutely. Every day, I'm worried, and I and I. I pray every morning before my feet hit the ground that, uh, you know, I don't see something that uh, uh, something that would, would suggest that the president has been injured or, or neutralized in any way. You know, one of the things that came up at the conference that we were at in Branson was, uh, I think it was Sharon Gilbert that talked about this, and I think David Knight might have mentioned it, that the cloning synthetic technology is so advanced we might not be able to tell the real from the imitation do you think it's possible that we're seeing replacements come out do you think we're there <laughs> what's your I, I listen i know you have no way of knowing i don't but what does your gut tell uh, you well you get, boy that's a great question you know anything's possible um when it comes to technology right now, what we're seeing, the explosion in technology, and to hear people like Hugo DeGarris, one of the three smartest physicists on the planet, talking about various things. And, you know, when you when you start looking at, at uh, things like this, how do you know? I, I mean, you just don't know. Um, 
remember, I don't know, maybe five years back or maybe more than that, they were talking about holographs. Uh, there was a concert where uh, weren't there a couple of singers who passed on that were going to be singing on stage in holographic form, you know, bringing them back in holographic form? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay, so think about that. And, and that's that's close to, to maybe a half a decade or a decade ago. And think about how far that they've come since then and how far they were even back then. So, you know what? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, in the, yeah, yeah. Uh, I look anything is well I won't say anything is possible but damn near anything is possible so uh, are there are there um, clones shall we say um, there could very well be you know the other thing too even in the normal course of things and, and people might not know this but um, the there is an element of government who will practice the president's funeral. Did you? I don't know if you, people know this. They'll practice the president's funeral like once a year or once every eighteen months. For real, it's it's, it's they, they practice. They, they go through all the motions. I mean, it's a real thing that they do. Well, because just like newspapers, for example, will keep obituaries on file or stats on file or pre-written obituaries, I'll, I'll just say, up to date uh, with various people. So the reason I mentioned those, yeah, I mean, what's the next step? Is the next step to maybe have uh, um, like a, a, even a body double? We don't even have to go into the science fiction part of it, just the body double. Uh, we know that Saddam had multiple body doubles. So is it, a, is that, is it that big of a leap? No, I don't think it is. I just wanted to get you to weigh in on it because it scares the living H-E double hockey sticks out of me, and I don't have an answer. I just know from what Sharon and David said, I think it's a real possibility. Doug, my friend, we are just about out of time, and I wanted you to take a moment and tell people how they could follow you and Joe's good work. Well, thanks, Dave. Look, I really appreciate you inviting me on the program. I'm sorry I just rambled on like I did. Um, it's just great talking to you. And, and this, I agree, and you didn't ramble. This was all our pleasure. I mean, we're the beneficiary of your appearance, but we're going to run out of time, so tell people how they yeah, can follow uh, you. Real simple, HagmanReport.com. That's two N's, Hagman, H-A-G-M-A-N-N, HagmanReport.com. There, from there, you can get all of our, just everything you need right from there, and uh, support our work, support Dave Hodges' work, and support his sponsors. God bless you. Thank you so much for your time. Doug, always our pleasure. Thanks for joining us, my friend. Make sure you follow the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on Global Star Radio Network. Doug, good stuff. Look forward to having you on again. All right, my brother. Okay. All right, Doug. Hey, good job, my friend. That was perfect timing. <coughs> Topical. It'll play well on Friday. Yeah, I was trying to. You know, sorry about that. I was trying to. I was, I was just trying to make sure that we weren't uh, boxing ourselves in for for uh, you know for a future play. So. Oh, we did good. You're never going to be perfect in a pre-record, but uh, we did good. It's it's fine. Yeah, I think so. I think <laughs> All right, so. well, thanks for coming on, and um, we'll do it again. Thanks for having me, man. All right, buddy. All right, bro. Talk to you later. See ya.